0: 90% mental. I'm your host Grant Parr, and thank you for joining us for our 22nd episode. You know, I've been pretty blessed to grow up in the Bay Area during the 80s and the 90s, where you're watching the Warriors and the Giants and the 49ers and the A's and the Raiders just dominate. And it was just really a neat time to to see these programs thrive, but see the, the athletes that came out of these organizations. So one of the athletes that come to mind that's going to be on my show, who I think just demonstrates tenacity and leadership and should be arguably in the hall of fame right now who is roger craig the former running back for the san francisco 49ers who is a three-time super bowl champion nfl player of the year nfc offensive player of the year first and second team all pro and he was inducted into the nfl's 1980s all decade team and inducted into the san francisco 49ers hall of fame and he was the first running back to rush over 100 yards and receive 100 yards in a single season and one thing you probably don't know about Roger, he was the athlete that created the one-day contract. So when athletes wanted to retire with the team they started with, they can go back and do that. So he's accomplished a lot throughout his career. And one of the things I want to focus on on my show today with Roger is his mindset. How did he prepare himself mentally in the offseason, before practice, during competition? How did he deal with failures and bounce back? So I wanted to really get inside the mind of Roger Craig as a tenacious running back, and, and how what fueled his motivation. And what I learned about his motivation was, was endurance. He shares a really cool story about Walter Payton talking to him about basically keep your endurance. And you'll learn through this interview that not only was an example of endurance throughout his career, in his second career outside of football, he's been exuding that example of endurance. He's running marathons, he's a senior executive for a software company. He's creating nonprofits, so he's definitely being very active, and nothing's going to stop him. So it was really neat to hear what motivated him as an athlete. But one thing that stood out to me that I did not know that I was going to experience his love and passion for the football players that he played with, and he talks about the brotherhood of the San Francisco 49ers. And so when he's talking about Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott, Jerry Rice, Dwight Clark, Steve Young, the list goes on. There's an excitement and love that you hear during this conversation. And he says one thing about, about Bill Walsh. He's like, man, I wish Bill Walsh could see how tight we are and what we've done outside of football. He's like, I really wish he could see that because he was one of the reasons why we were so good. And this is what he created. He created us. And I just wish he could see that. So there's so much more that you can learn about Roger and how awesome he is. And without further ado, let's go talk to Roger. Hey, Roger, how are you? Doing great. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing great, man. I'm a. Uh, I'm ecstatic to have you on my show uh, for many reasons. Not only uh, to to learn a little bit about your mindset and what fueled your your passion to compete as a football player, but just to learn a little bit more about what you're doing today and and how your mindset as an athlete's trans transitioned and translated into what you're doing, as far as uh being a corporate man and also running marathons. So. I'm really really interested to uh to hear your story and your journey.
1: <laughs> well, I'm really excited to share it with you, you know, um you know, sports is a a great metaphor for uh, corporate for, you know, business or you know, for a lot of different things, you know. So when when you have a team, you have to know how to, you know, play together and have the same drive and and create a culture that is positive that everyone's going to be on the same page. And that's what sports is all about, you know, everyone being on the same page. And you look at the way we ran our system, the West Coast offense, uh, with Bill Walsh being the innovator, um, had some really uh, guys, r- really cool guys that basically knew what their roles were. You know, um, I had to learn how to be an all-purpose running back. Uh, when, I, when they drafted me, I was, a, I was a fullback coming out of Nebraska, And, you know, all I did was run the ball and block, you know. But when I saw that the 49ers were interested in me, when Bill Walsh said, well, uh, we might take Roger Craig in the first pick, I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I got to learn how to catch. <laughs> you, know, you know, we're going to the West Coast offense, and running backs, they catch a lot of passes. I got to learn how to catch. So I started catching 100 passes a day and, and preparing myself just in case they drafted me. And and guess what? They drafted me, and, and no one knew what I was doing. So when I came to rookie camp, uh, they didn't have a clue that I could catch the ball. So um, uh, Paul Hackett was an offense coordinator and a quarterback coach, and he... Um, Threw me some balls and, you know, wow, this guy can catch here. You know, I, I probably caught over a hundred passes a couple of days of, you know, during the rookie camp. I only dropped two, and the two I dropped was one pass was too low that was that was was thrown to me, and one was way over my head, so I couldn't really catch it. So, you know, it kind of, you know, it lit up Bill Walsh's eyes when he said, "Oh my gosh, we got the perfect guy to to, to start this West Coast offense." You know. <laughs> You know, so yeah, um, that, that, that's how it all started. And uh, Dwight Clark was—he helped me out a lot. You know, and there was a lot of leaders on our team. You know, Freddie Solomon, back in the day, and you know, but these guys—they all work work with me. You know, taught me how to run routes and how to read the defenses and how to catch the ball. And you know, uh, that's why I'm here to help Dwight today. You know, because you know how he helped me as a rookie. You know, um, he has ALS, and uh, I got this. Rock and Roll Marathon that I'm hosting, uh, that I've been hosting for 13 years in San Jose. And and, um, and it's coming up in a couple of weeks. And we're, we're hoping to donate a lot of money to Dwight Clark. Uh, we, we have this fundraiser for him. So it, it, just, it just goes back around, you know. And, you know, he helped me out. I'm going to help him out, you know. So I, I, that's how life goes, man. Beautiful. And I
0: love that. I love it that you guys, you know, obviously, you know, it's just the media portrays that you guys have a very tight bond even through, you know, all these years. Absolutely. And 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 I, and I want to promote this as much as possible as far as the San Jose Rock and Roll Marathon. Where can my listeners go, you know, either participate or donate and in, in help for this cause?
1: Well, just go, uh, just just Google uh, Run Rock and Roll, San Jose Run Rock and Roll. San Jose Run Rock and Roll. And if, if they do that, they Google that, they'll see my my uh documentary had come up, and then uh they'll see where Dwight, where they can donate you know so we're really excited and um you know they, they they're they're focusing on a l s you know the rock and roll people you know they got acquired by um mountain man, so you know i mean uh they 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 have some heavyweight people you know working with them you know so i mean they got acquired for about over four hundred million so wow you know um, yeah it, it's just a big entity and 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 one of the things they focus on is ALS, and which, is, which is amazing, you know, because this is what the NFL is focusing on right now, you know. So um, it's a big deal. And, and, and we're excited to, you know, to help Dwight, and uh, we're excited you know, to get this race for, for the 13th year and this 20th year of, of rock and roll marathons in, in general. But this is my 13th year bringing it to San Jose and being the, the founder and um, the host, you know, for the race. And I host. Also, um the founder of San, o- San Francisco as well. And there, there there will be another race that I'm hosting for uh, the Golden Heart Fund run. This is um, something that, you know, Ron Ferrari and Ronnie Lott and Bill Ring, uh, Kena Turner, all these guys, um, you know, got together to create this Golden Heart Fund. It's a fund that's going to help, you know, retire guys that are in dire straits of need or finances or whatever. We're going to have the money put away you know so events like me hosting races we're gonna you know bring corporate companies there to do a, a relay challenge you know um where you don't have to just have one guy run and have our four or five people run and it's a 4.9 mile run so 49er 4.9 <laughs> there you oh.
0: go <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so eddie de barlow eddie de he he's such a sweet man he um he donates seven figures to this fund, and so you know we're on our way, man. We, you know this is going to be the first event for the Golden, the, go, the Golden Heart Fund, and I'm I'm excited for it. Just go to you know the Golden Heart Fund, and uh, www.goldenheartfund.com. You know and you can see it. Pretty cool.
0: Beautiful, and, and you know and, and ALS is 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 close to me. My best friend, wife's father just passed away about a, a year ago or so, um, and she actually runs in the ALS, the marathons, and she holds a lot of
1: ALS, yeah. you know, awareness
0: campaigns. So,
1: you know, ALS teamed up with Rock and Roll. So, I mean, and I met some of the, the people. They were really cool. They were really cool. They really want to make a difference, you know, in sports and, and, life with, and in life in people in general. You know, I mean, they, they're awesome. So, I'm, I'm really excited. And, um, you know, our, our our Rock and Roll people are excited about it, you know, so it's, it's cool. Beautiful. Beautiful. So cool.
0: I always start off my, my, my podcast by asking this question and I'm really, really interested in to kind of hear what your answer is, but uh, what does mentally tough mean to you?
1: Well, the mindset is everything, you know, it's, you know, it, it, it kind of directs you who you are when you step on a football field and know, and, and know what your mission is when you are on that football field. You know, I mean, you, you work hard, you know, and you want to apply that, you know, To the game, you want to make it makes the game easy when you work hard and mentally tough because you already know what you have to do. And so, one of the things that I learned as a kid in high school, and I I hope there's a lot of high school kids are listening to this interview. um, You you want to bring something to the table, you know. um, When when I worked out, you know, for my team and practice and things like that, I would run 80 yards every time I touched the ball. It, It was just creating a positive habit that i would do every time i touched the ball i could run i could break a touchdown and go go all the way that was a mentality i i wanted to, I, didn't, I didn't want it to be foreign i wanted to feel like i do this all the time so if i break loose this is what i do in practice i'm not going to freak out and, and don't know what i'm supposed to do you know i run 80 yards every time i touch the ball and my high school coach got on me about that, you know, just, you know, he he said, you got to run 80 yards every time you touch the ball, score, go, go to the end zone, go to the end zone. And so I took that same mentality to Nebraska and changed their culture. You know, they didn't, no no one was ever doing that there. And then when I came to the 49ers, Hey, I did the same thing there. They used to make fun of me because I was a rookie, and, and these veteran guys, these 16-year veteran guys yelling, Roger, come back, come back, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know what? You know, it, it stuck because, you know, Bill Walsh made everyone start doing it. So any rookie come in, you had, you had to, you know, run it out. You had to make it happen. And so I broke a lot of run, long runs, and, and and a lot of them was, It was natural for me, you know, because that's what I did in practice, you know. So, you know, it's all about mindset, you know. So you you, you get your mind mentally ready, you know, to do these type of things. And uh, you work hard in the off-season. And one of the guys that helped me as a professional was Walter Payton. He told me to never, ever lose your endurance. There's so many athletes in the off-season lose their endurance. They don't train right away. You know, you only take two weeks off. Treat your job like... like a corporate job. You get two weeks off for your vacation. So basically what I would do, I would take my family on a vacation and then I would visualize what I had to do for the next season. How I saw myself. If I'm going to be in the top 10 in rushing, top 10 in receiving, or how many catches I want to catch. You know, All these type of things, I was focusing on what I need to do to get my mind ready and body ready to take on that challenge. And and that's what it's all about. You know, Jerry Rice, I took him under my wing, you know, and he trained with me, and, and he learned that, that whole concept. Barry Sanders, he came out his rookie year, he came out and trained with me. There's an article that he read in Sports Illustrated that – um you know, how I train in the off season. So his agent called him said, can, can Barry come out and train with you guys? I said, sure, he'd come out. You know, he lived with Dr. Ting, um, Art Ting. He, he's the orthopedic surgeon for uh, San Jose Shark. He's a near, real dear good friend of mine. He's like a brother to me. And he kind of introduced me to running distance, you know, like running in the trails. One day he saw me running up and down a, a hill like Walter Payton. Walter Payton is known for running up hills. And, and, and so I was doing that, but he he, got, he was afraid because I was coming down the hill and, <laughs> and, the, and the hill wasn't really even. He, he said, man, you've got to be careful coming down. You can blow your knee out. I'm like, ooh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. he, said, he, said, he said, why don't you meet me tomorrow down the bottom of the hill? This is in Edward uh, Park. It's off Edgewood Road in San Carlos. And uh, I was at Park there, and he said, meet me down at the bottom of the hill tomorrow, and, and I'll take you on a run, a trail run. And so I went on this trail run. Oh, my God, it was one of the toughest things I ever did. I stopped three or four times, threw up a couple of times. <laughs> was, I'd never run distance before, you know. And so uh, he said, you got to get used to the switchbacks. You, you get the hang of it. Just, just hang in there, you know. Uh, and we did it three times a week. You know, we, uh, about the third week, I start feeling pretty good. I'm like, oh, I want to introduce some of my teammates. And so I introduced, first, I introduced it to, you know, uh, um, Eric Wright and uh, Keenan Turner, Mike Wilson, Jeff Fuller, all those guys lived in that area where, where, where um, you know, um, where the hill was. And, you know, it, it turned into a great culture because, you know, I, I, I got Jerry Rice on, uh, running it, and then all these other athletes like Barry Bonds, you know, Mitch wow. Richmond, the basketball player. Wow. He ran it. Oh, my gosh. You have Barry Sanders, Derek Harmon, Derek yes. Harmon's brother. Mm-hmm. He, he ran it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it, it, so we have so many people. Eddie George came out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so it, it's, it's a legendary. It's the hill is like, you know, it, it, it's the real deal, you know. And, uh It was just one of the things that, you know, we kind of built this culture, and and everyone started emulating our workouts, you know, and and it was kind of cool. You know, the mindset is everything. So I I trained my body for three seasons. You know, if you don't understand that as an athlete, you're lost. Mm -hmm. You don't know what three seasons mean. You're so, so lost. You know, so three seasons and one season, the first eight games is your first season. The second eight games is your second season. Your third eight games, I mean, your third season is the playoffs. So you, you you got your first eight games, your first season, second eight games is your second season, and the playoffs is your third season. So if you don't train your your mind and body for that, well, you're not going to have success as a professional athlete. I never missed a playoff, Grant, never. Eleven consecutive playoffs. Wow. Played and won three Super Bowls. Wow. And won three Super Bowls. And – you know, it has something to do with a lot of training, helping people, and, you know, and, you know, it's just a lot of us could be luck. I don't know, but, you know, all I know is I was prepared for every season, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, that, you know I only missed one game. So, you know, it's, so some, I was doing something right, you know, so the mindset, it, it, it's like my, they really kept me strong. You know, my mindset, you know, got me through a lot of different things. You know, there's times I, I had to work through injuries. Uh, you know, I, you know it, it, I was strong mentally. That's the reason why I was able to conquer that. Right. You know, because I could easily, you know, not play throughout those those games, you know, that I was injured and, you know, um, but I was mentally tough, you know. And, and the, the biggest compliment I got from the toughest defense in the NFL, the number one defense in the NFL was New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints had the best defense you, you ever want to you know see out there, man. And uh, if they had an offense, if they had Drew Brees back then, it might been a little different. It might have been a little different <laughs> because they had the number one defense in the country wow. you know, in the NFL. And so Ricky Jackson. He told me something that really, you know, made me feel good. He said, "You know what, Roger? We made a lot of running backs quit. We made Eric Dickerson quit. We we made um, uh, God, some other backs throughout the league quit, you know. But he said we can never make you quit. You know, you get hit hard, you come right back at us hard again, you know. And that was the biggest compliment I ever could get from 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 a a, a defensive guy." that one of the toughest defense, that, you know, the best defense in the NFL history of the NFL. These guys had four linebackers make the Pro Bowl.
0: Wow. There's
1: two inside linebackers make the Pro Bowl and their outside linebackers made the Pro Bowl. And they said that, they could never make me quit, and they they couldn't make me quit because if they hit me hard, guess what? I'm coming back. High knees, elbows. I'm coming at you hard. I'm coming to hit you, run you over again. So <laughs> you might as well get ready. But it was a great compliment coming from them, though. You know, it was a great compliment coming from them. Absolutely, you know, it's pretty awesome.
0: Well, you know, when you talk about your your style of running, which very tenacious, I mean, for the most part, I mean, I I just kind of sum it up in one word. You were basically a savage out there you know not only did, not only did you run it and catch it but you had this style of the high knees how did how did you develop that style
1: well you know I was a high hurdler track and field was my first love I really fell into football you know uh, I didn't like you know, I wasn't playing football all my life you know mm-hmm. uh, I love track you know my my older brother was the was the football player in my family you know he, he's five years older than me He was the third best running back in the country coming out of high school. He uh, got injured um, in the All-Star game, um, in the high school All-Star game. He he sprained his ankle really bad, his ligaments. Back then, they couldn't fix ligaments. But my brother got recruited by USC, Michigan, uh, Ohio State, uh, Notre Dame. You know, Archie Griffin showed him around at at Ohio State. You know, and then uh, uh, Joy Browner's brother um, showed him around at Notre Dame. You know, um, it was, it's amazing, you know, but it's sad that he got injured. And so he was a football player in the family. So basically, he he, he didn't have a great college career. He had an okay college career, but he, he signed as a free agent to the Buffalo Bills. And, and he just didn't, his heart wasn't in it, you know. You know, when I started playing, you know, Tom Osborne um, was recruiting Jamie Williams at the time. Jamie Williams is a tight end that, you know, played for the 49ers, and he's mm-hmm. a high school uh, friend, you know, a teammate of mine, and he was being recruited. He was a year older than me, and I, I got my leg broke, you know, my junior year, the first game, first, first quarter, and I'm out for the whole year, you know. So <laughs> we won to state title my sophomore year, but my junior year, here I am, get ready to, you know, get my opportunity to start, and boom, I get injured, you know. And uh, I got this big old, big cast on my leg, and, you know, Jamie's been getting, getting recruited. All these, these uh, uh, colleges are coming to recruit him. He's All-American. And no one said anything to me. The only guy that said something to me was Coach Osborne. He said, Roger, don't you worry. We'll be back to get you next year. That motivated me. That changed my life. When <laughs> he said that, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I was trying to work my muscles in my, in my calf, you know, because my, my muscles got de kind of – Y'all was losing, I was trying to lift my, lift ankle weights, you know, on the, with, with my, with my calf and my, my mother's couch, lifting her, my mother's couch, <laughs> breaking her couch up, you know, she pissed off at me and I couldn't wait to get the cast off so I can just get back training, you know, because he said he's going to come back and get me next year. So that motivated me to go out and find myself as an individual. You know, um, so I wrestled, you know, from Iowa, of course, wrestling was my first sport that was, you know, uh, that was introduced to me and I, I made the state, you know, qualification and then I, I couldn't wait to, to, to wrestle with those so I can start running track. So I ran indoors and, you know, um, and, and it came around, you know, my leg was a little weak, but, you know, I got stronger throughout the year and then I ended up, you know, finished third in the, in the low hurdles in the state and. And then I had my senior year, and and it was over. I, I mean, I had I was all American. One game I ran for 354 yards, and, and just shocked everybody, man. <laughs> you know, but it started with that one little thing that Coach Osborne said, "I'll be back here to get you next year." And that's what I needed to hear. And you know, but I did almost sign with Cal. I, I almost, I, I thought about what Osborne said. I'm like, uh, Roger Theater. You know, you know, he, he uh he he sold me hard, man. And <laughs> I'm like gosh. But the only thing that, 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 that scared me was if Cal wouldn't have sh- took me to um uh Telegraph Street, I would have signed with him. But they took me on Telegraph Street, and it was game over. I said, oh, hell no. I can't come to this college. You know? It scared the hell out of me. I was like, 1979? Come on. You know, it was like crazy. (laughs) It was like another world. It was another world when they took me on Telegraph Street. I'm like, what is going on here? All these... All these different people. <laughs> oh, my God. It was crazy. <laughs> well, you know, you know
0: uh, for my listeners, if you're not from California, just to let you know, Telegraph Avenue in the 70s and even the 80s was was a very, very uh, diverse and interesting yes. street to experience. So I understand what you're saying. It's,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> it scared the crap out of me. It scared the crap out of me. <laughs>
0: well, let me, I want to I dive into your mind a little bit because I have noticed, you know, when I was growing up and I watched you, you know, on the field, you were so fierce and you were so deliberate in everything that you did, whether if it was the fake running the ball, catching the ball, which you did after you caught the ball. So it seemed like you were dialed in, locked in at, at all times. So yeah. how do you mentally prepare before the game? What goes through your mind? Are there certain things that you do? Are there certain things that you say to yourself? Well,
1: well, well. you know, it's, it's, it's the way Bill Walsh ran his organization. You know, he, he made us all feel that we were special, that we, we, we all had a part of this puzzle that everyone bring their piece and put this puzzle together that's gonna to make a beautiful picture. And and that's that's how we that's how we train. You know, I, I couldn't be selfish. I couldn't just be a running back that wanted to run the ball all the time. I might carry the ball fifteen times a game. That was it. You know, but I was gonna catch eight passes, six or eight passes, you know, so and, and, and that, w- and if that was going to help us win, that's what I had to had to do, you know. So I had to buy into the system, and um, and that's what a lot of our, our guys did, you know. We had roles that we played, and we were just an extension to each other, and, and and we just made it happen, you know. And and we understood, you know, about teamwork, you know, about what it takes to, you know, to you know to to win, and help each other out when someone is they're kind of down or something you know we always pull each other up man and, and bill wash i'm telling you he was such a great master coach at doing that kind of stuff man and everyone's emulating him today in the millennium which is kind of that they run our system this west coast office tom brady has done a, done well with it you know seven super bowls he played in and won five right and um you know, and so you know, you look at all the teams: you know, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. That's our system. I helped created that. I'm, I was one of the guys that was, you know, part of Bill Walsh's, you know, system. You know, and, and that that created this 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 madness for running backs to catch balls now to come out of the backfield.
0: Wow, and and I know that offense because I I actually ran it uh, actually my last year in college, so I know. I know how special yeah. it is. It's it's actually not. It's a very it difficult offense too to learn.
1: It is. It is. You have to really, you know, be zoned in, and you have to study. And and the one thing about Bill Walsh in training camp, you know, we would um, we wouldn't we wouldn't have two days, um, you know, practicing like some teams go out there and they beat each other up and trying to see who's the toughest. Bill Walsh did the, the opposite. He wanted to focus on the mental side of the game. So we would practice hard in the morning, have our one-day practice. Afternoon, would be in the meeting room, you know, studying, you know, you know, studying on, you know, how to get better and, and focusing on things that a lot of guys wouldn't even think would be doing that, you know. But just one of the things that, you know, I took pride in was play-action faking. Like you say, you you, you talked about the, fl- the faking. Yeah, that, I took pride in play-action faking because the play-action faking set up the run. It set up the pass. For, you know, Jerry Rice, John Taylor, and, you know, uh, Dwight Clark or or, or Freddie Solomon back in the day. You know, if I didn't sell the fake, I didn't do my job. And I felt bad, you know. And, you know, some running backs, they can care less if they sell the fake. They don't want to get hit by a linebacker knowing they don't have the ball. If I didn't get hit by a linebacker, I didn't do my job. If, If my helmet didn't come off, hey, you know, I didn't do my job. You know, and I would be pissed off, you know. And so if I sell that fake... That defense is going to collapse thinking I have the ball. They're coming right at me, and that's going to help Jerry Rice or John Taylor, you know, to, to run that, that that slant route and take it to the house right. and get seven points. You know, I might get hit, but I got six points on the board, you know, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and that was important to me. I, I took pride in that. You know, I would feel bad if I didn't sell the fake. or if I, Because basically watching film together as a group, and then uh, Roger, I was a horseshit fake. Or sorry about saying the word horseshit. No, not but, a problem. But, but, but that I was a, a terrible fake. Well, guess what? You know, uh, I, 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 I'm gonna do better next time I step on the football field. You know, I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna sell that fake, and they're gonna, the defense gonna know that. You know, uh, I'm running the ball when the ball is not in my hand. So, right. so yeah, yeah. It's, it's those kind of things that you take pride in. You know, and. And, and and it takes a lot, of, it's a mental thing because, you know, I to work with Joe Montana every day after practice, you know, focusing on, you know, play action fakes and things like that, you know, so important. You know, and I
0: also want to bring up something that I'm sure you've talked about this many times throughout your career about the 1990 NFC Championship game, you know, where you fumbled and, you know, where you guys are shooting for the three-peat. And there's a reason why I want to bring yeah. this up because, you know, when you think about how disciplined you are as a football player i mean if you think about it you played 10 years and you only had 42 fumbles well, you know
1: well before before you even get on to that you know um let me tell you it was it, it was a tough tough game you know um we when played the giants joe montana just got injured you know just before that play steve young comes in the game and you know and you're kind of cold and, and, you know, sometimes the ball doesn't go in like, you know, you rush it in, you know, but I'm not using that as an excuse, but, you know, things happen. It wasn't our time. This is not, it wasn't going to be our time to, to win that game today, that, that, that day, you know, we had to move the ball, you know, down the field, you know, and they, they, they just, they were just playing hard. Our, our defense couldn't stop them. We're, we're on the 20-yard line, a 30-yard 30, uh, 30 line going in to score. But, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, it wasn't our day that day. You know, just the way, way it goes, you know. And right. I never fumbled the ball that much, you know. I mean, I, I matter of fact, I had a, a clause in my contract, you know, that, you know, four fumbles or less, you know, I would get this, you know, bonus. So wow. I got my bonus every year. You know? So, <laughs> you know, so you know, it's one of those things that you know it just wasn't our our year that year. You know, and I just you know that's the way the ball bounces sometimes. Right. You know, but you know, it's not like you know I had a fumble problem because I never fumbled, Shit, I, I, I I'm one guy. You know, yes. the ball. You know, <laughs> I like I like getting that. I like getting that. I like getting that bonus. <laughs> Uh, and I, I would have only, I would have only three fumbles in the in, in a year, and that's pretty good. I know running backs fumble three times a game. Mm-hmm. I, I won't mention their names, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's been some running backs that had, you know, you know, fumbles like that. But yeah, no, it, it was just one of those games that it was, it was a freak thing to happen, and it just wasn't our year that year, you know. But you know, we we, we had a great great team, and um, everyone, you know. Very respectful and, and 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 we just we love each other, you know. We bond together. I mean, we still work together today. Right. That's why we we focus on this Golden Heart Fund. This is this is something that we're creating, you know. Uh, and Mr. D is right there behind us. He's helping us, man. He's he's right there. He, he donated seven figures Beautiful. to our fund, you know. So yeah, you know, our, our, my brothers, my teammates are, are like my brothers, man. They they they. I feel like Another brother from another mother. For <laughs> right, You know, that's the mentality that we have, man. We, we just stick together, man. You know, and it's <laughs> funny that we do things together today. We'll go to Vegas. We'll go to the Montana uh, on the 4th of July for Eddie's thing. There'll be about 15 players up there, man. And then, you know, former players. And then we'll go to Miami, I mean, to Tampa to support his. Uh, um, because he has his ga- gala to raise money for his charter schools down there. Right. And uh, and there'll be about 15, 20 running, uh, former players supporting him there. You know I mean? It just, it's all about, you know, giving back, you know. Yeah, and,
0: and the brotherhood. And that's, I love that. About, yeah. I love it about, I love football. That's one of the main things that I love, not only of experiencing culture and then, you know, learning how to be a man and all that good stuff, but well, just, you know, just having that brotherhood and that connection with other football absolutely,
1: players. Absolutely. You look at the Warriors, you know, how they stick together, how, how Steve Kerr has changed the culture, how players, you know, like I had the, I had conversations with Iguodala about starving and hungry. What's the difference between hungry and starving, you know, what's the difference? So, you know, I had some conversation with Iguodala, and, and he loved it, you know. Um, and he, matter of fact, he started playing like that, you know. When you're, when you're hungry, every athlete's hungry. You get three meals a day when you're hungry. You miss breakfast. You have lunch. You miss lunch. You have a huge dinner waiting for you. Every athlete's hungry. But how many athletes are starving? So when you're starving, you know when you get your meal. So you got to capitalize on every opportunity that is given to you. When you step on that field, when you step on that basketball court. You 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 make it happen. Right. You know. And so that changed his game. You know that changed his game, and and that changed me because I was starving for my legacy. Joe Montana's starving for his legacy. Jerry Rice starving for his legacy. You think Ronnie Lott starving for his legacy? Steve Young, they're all starving. You know, they were starving athletes. They weren't hungry. They were starving. Mm. You know, when they, when they were on the football field, they played all four quarters like there's no tomorrow. And for the whole season, not half the season, they understood the three seasons in one season. So when you understand what starving means, you know, and hungry, you're going to have success. You're going to have a legacy. And I bring that same mentality to the corporate environment. The same way, you know, you know, you got to, you got to starve. You got to help other people, you know, and, and and you got to help your company. And so that's, you know, I I work for a software company a Tipco Software. I've been doing for 18 years and uh, we have a great culture here, you know, and a lot of it is, you know, a lot of my sales guys, they starve, you know, they they make it happen, you know, so (laughs) it's all about what you bring to the table. And, and, and you can bring something to the table. Everyone can bring something to the table. And you, don't, you don't have to be a superstar to bring something to the table. We had special team guys on our team, Ron Ferrari, Rick Jervis, Milt McCall, and Bill Ring. These four guys were leaders. They, they were starving. You know, they dictated how we practiced you know, they would elevate our practice with the starters. They weren't starters, but they were special team guys, and they were very special in my eyes and my other teammates' eyes. So before the game, you know, they go down on, on the kickoff, you know, and we're betting who's going to be the first guy to make the hit. You got Ron Ferrari, you know, diving in, you know, breaking up these, these big <laughs> blocking. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and these guys, are, they're, they're, they're leaders, man. They're leaders in their own way. And I wrote that in my book. I have a book, you know, strictly business, and and I, I talk about those guys in my book, you know. That's great. And and, and I also talk about, um, you know, um, I have like three other books that that, that I have, you know, that, that are pretty cool too, you know. <laughs> so um, yeah, you know, and, and I, I talk about those guys. They they make a big impression in my eyes, you know, the way because they, there there times in practice these guys are fighting with starters.
0: Right, right.
1: You know they're they're rolling around the grass, you know, but they're elevating the, their practice. They're elevating the way to help them help the starters get better, you right. know. I love that's it. All, that was their job. They're 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 to help us get better, you know. And and, and I love that. I love that about it.
0: I love about it. Them. I love it. I love it. And and you know what? I I not I don't want to go back to the fumble, but the, the reason why I want to bring this up is because. I work with athletes and teams all the time, and a lot of these young athletes, they get caught up in their mistake, and they get caught up in their failures, and they bring it with them to the next play, to the next game, or for the rest of the season, and it cripples them. So, someone like you that, you know, obviously, you have got strong stats, catching, running, and, and even the fumbles. You only had 42 fumbles in 10 years, where Tony Dorsett and Franco Harris had 90, right? So. When when you look at that moment where you had that fumble in the NFC game or whether if it's just in any other game that maybe you fumbled or didn't catch a pass, you didn't punch it through on on goal line, how did you move on? How did you let go of your mistake and keep yourself focused?
1: Because it's one play. (laughs) It's only one play. I I never really let it dictate my life, you know, um, because it's only one play you know cuz I, I know i was better than that than that one play you know i mean um you move on in life and 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 you, and you have you know different challenges you, you just it, it motivated me cuz i went on to play three more playoff games you know i i played i played with the raiders and made the you know playoffs with the raiders and i made the playoffs with the uh the vikings you know my last two years you know so it, it just kept it kept me motivated, you know. Uh, it doesn't, you know, like cripple you or anything. Um, you you got to move on as a professional. You got to know who you are as an individual. Mm. I was, I was strong mentally. That's what kept me, kept me going. You know, that's what kept me going, you know, for all these years, you know, because, you know, um, in high school, that's where I learned, you know, it's not about one play. It's, it's about, you know, what you do as a group, as a team. That, you know, that the that 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 didn't like stop our team. We could have stopped the Giants from scoring, our defense, you know, kept going. But I, I didn't use that as an excuse, right. you know. But, you right. know, they, they had the ball about 20 more plays after that one, after that fumble. So I, I don't know, you know, if if, if they, they can say that we deserve to go into Super Bowl that year. But, you know, that's, that's the way it goes, you know. But you, you can't, you know, cry about, you know, um, about, you know, just, just one play. You know, you, you, you got to just, just come back, you know the next year and and that's what i that's what I did you know coming back stronger every every year and and until I retired and and now I use what I in football in a corporate environment that basically it's the same kind of you know venue basically you right, know? right 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 you know same you know you know you got to make your numbers you know you you still have four quarters and <laughs> <Right>. so, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all the same man and and, and you got to work together as a team and you got to build your culture and you know uh when i first came into tipco i was um i, I came in as a marketeer you know I, I i had a marketing company company with Ronnie Lott and jeff spurback cls sports craig Lott spurback and and so we had our marketing company and uh one of our top athletes was uh shaquille o'neal Mm. He was uh, one of our first guys that we, we signed uh, because Ronnie's agent worked with Shaquille. That's how we got him. And it was awesome, you know, and, and just, just building our team in that, uh, you know, area, it, it was cool. It was cool. Just, you know, just to know that you can do something different yeah. than playing football, right. but it's still based in football. <laughs> and then, you know, um, I met the CEO of of Tipico, Vivek Ranadive, which he's a good friend of mine. And like my brother, he uh, he asked me what I did, you know, and, you know, I was at a, a Stanford and Duke basketball game and, and he was all intrigued. He was like, wow, that's pretty cool. You want to come and check our company out and see if, if you might like to work for us? Because, you know, we have a nice company. And, you know, And I, I said, sure, i come over. I met all the leaders. And shoot, I felt I felt, I, felt I was with the 49ers all over again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> pretty cool. It was pretty cool, man. And and I've been here ever since for 18 years, you know. And, Beautiful. and, and like I said, I've watched the culture change, you know, four or five times, you know. You know the main thing is we kept our core together, and, and the core is everything. So if you get a team that you can keep your core together, you know um, you're gonna have you you have a better chance of having success. Right. You know uh, you know if you get rid of that core, it's all over. It's done. See the Warriors have the same had that core. You know Curry and you know Draymond Green and you know how all these guys and Clay, Mike, yeah Clay, and you know when Steve Kerr came shit he he he, he all, all he had to do is bring his culture from where he, he learned from the bulls and and san antonio to the warriors and and now they have their own culture now i feel they're just as, they're they're on the same track as the bulls right now you know right um, exactly yeah i, I mean I they, they have a nice culture man and 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 and, and then they know what they they stand for i mean and now they even as for our as political, I think they're doing a good job, even talking about the president. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. uh, I mean, uh, Steph Curry. You know, he's doing a good job of that. You know that, you know, they're they're sticking together. You know, it's, it's all about brotherhood, and the whole league is doing that too as well. Yeah. And so in the NFL, you know, I mean, they're they're really taking a part. I mean, they 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 they're really. Not too too happy with the way what what the president said about you know the players. Right. You know, uh, it's really really sad.
0: Yeah, it is. But it's it's nice, like what we were saying about the, you know culture and brotherhood and yeah. how people stick you know stick together. And it's it's great. Because... Absolutely. And
1: that, when you were talking about that fumble, the first guy that came over and said something to me was Ronnie Lott. He said, "Don't you worry about that, man. We're, we're, you know, it wasn't meant for us to win today." that was, that's exactly what he said. It wasn't meant for us to win today, yeah. you know, uh, you know, cause you know, our defense, you know, I mean, I mean, they, they went right through our defense. So, I mean, so, but he came, he just told me to say, hey, don't worry. Don't even worry. You know, you're going to be okay. <laughs> that's what he yeah. told me. <laughs> you're <gonna be> okay. <laughs> you know, All right, okay. 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 You know? So yeah, it was
0: cool. You know, in those moments, it's, you know, I I work with uh, one of my mentors. Uh, his name's Grant Betchart, and he he works with a lot of NBA players from a mental performance standpoint. And he always says, when when there is a mistake or you don't you know you don't meet your expectation, he says uh, he says let let go and lock in. He goes because yeah, you know what I mean. Let go and lock in because you, you can't. Yeah. Why are you worrying about that that mistake?
1: Because you can't control it anymore. Everyone makes one mistake. Everyone makes a mistake here and there. That's that's, that's how you respond. Yeah. So how do you respond to it, you know, the next time you step on that field? You know, and, and it's, it's, it's awesome to have brothers like Ronnie Lott and, you know, Freddie Solomon, bless his soul. He was such a great guy. Mm. Um, and they all, they all and then, you know, Dwight Clark. Oh, and, yeah. You know, Randy Cross, Joe Montana. they all, I man we had good, we had some really cool guys on our team, man. I mean, good, good, good people. You know, really good people.
0: So when you think about, like, obviously your core, right, your your brothers that you've you played with and you guys are still close, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about your mindset and how you felt when you got traded to the Raiders and then also played for
1: the Vikings. Well, it's business. It's business. You know, I, and I, I could have stayed with the 49ers, but, you know, I think it was time to move on. I can see the change because, you know, first they got running, They had running. They put him on plan B, and then then, and then I was play, placed on it. And then, you know, it, it was a change. You know, you, you, you think about how many people, you know, ha, ha went through that whole system like that. You know, Montana had to go through it. Jerry Rice went through it. It was just a change, you know. As a, as a professional, that happens. And, and, and so uh, I just – I could have stayed with the 49ers, but I'm like, oh, I think I better just move on. I, I, I can see the change that they, they need to make this change. We had a great dynasty for for a long time. Oh, you yeah. Know, and it was time, you know. So um, I made it easy uh, for the organization. So uh, Ronnie left and went to the Raiders first, and he, he said, Raiders, they're interested in you. They want you to come. I'm like, okay, I'll talk to them. And so I talked to him. I almost went with, went to Green Bay <laughs> because I'm from the Midwest. Oh, that's right. And, right. uh and so, you know, uh, I would love, you know, for my family. I ended up going there, going to Minnesota anyway. But it, uh, it, it would have been, it would have been cool for my family to be able to see me retire, you know. But they did. They absolutely got the chance after I, I stayed one year with the Raiders, I only signed a one year contract with them. Right. And then Dennis Green got the job at, in Minnesota. And he said, Roger, I need your leadership. I need you to come out and show these guys how to be a champion, how to, you know, to practice, you know. Um, I said, sure, I'll come. I'll, I'll come to Minnesota. And then, it, like I said, it's close to my family, and my my mother, and, and and you know members of my family could come out and watch me play every other week. You know, eight times a year. You know, so that was pretty cool. Right.
0: Well, <laughs> I want to cool. I want to talk about your your retirement because and, and also you throughout right, your the first career. First day
1: contract. Yeah. You know. Yeah, the one day contract. I created that. Yep. I sure did <laughs> Google my name up with one day contract. That's and great. You'll see, I was the first guy to do that. Well, I had to do something cause you know, I woke up one morning and I felt like, Oh man, you know, I don't feel like going in today, you know? And that's, that's what I, that was just giving, you know, just getting my mindset and I, I'm ready to retire, you know? So, so, um, I said, you know, I told my wife, I said, I, I think, I think this is it. I'm going to retire, man. I, you know, I never felt that way. You know, I, uh, my, my second year with the, with the, with the, with, you know, the Vikings, uh, I just, I just said, I'm gonna retire, but I didn't wanna retire as a Viking. I wanna retire as a 49er. So I wanted to figure out a way to, you know, to work this out. So I talked to Carmen Policy, I talked to Mr. D, and, uh, um, and we figured it out. You know, I said, I, I wanna sign like a contract, a one day contract, be a part of the team. But you know, not play, you know. Um, but I want to give I want to retire back in front of my fans. I, I I really I really wanted to go back to, you know, where I started from, right? You know, that's where, you know, everyone remembers me the most. And so um we created it and and it, and Pete Rosell wrote me the most beautiful letter you ever could read, saying, Thank you, Roger, for being so creative on on, on creating a, a, a platform like this you know, for, for all athletes and all sports, you know. And and it was pretty cool because baseball players use it, hockey players use yeah. it. You know, you play on a team, you don't retire as a Viking. You, I want to retire back with my team, with the 49ers, in front of my fans, you know. It was awesome, man. It was so so beautiful. <laughs> so the one-day contract is definitely uh, innovative, you know, thinking for me, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, at least at least the Hall of Fame, could, at least the Hall of Fame can at least give me that kind of respect, you know, the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, what I was going to ask you that. I mean, you all the accolades, Super Bowl champion or championships, everything you've done for the sport. Why why aren't you in the Hall of Fame?
1: Um, I I don't have a clue, really don't have a clue. But, you know, it's I, I Bill Walsh He's the only one that, that that's really keeping me really humble and and not really uh, worried about that. Because Bill Walsh, uh, Thursday before he died, he died on a su- Saturday. But that Thursday before he died, I had to see him. I went and, and visited with him, you know, spent a day with him. And, and he said, Roger, don't you worry. You know, be patient. You're going to be a Hall of Famer. And so I live by that. I've been patient all this time. I haven't said. It. I really don't even even talk. You know, bad about you know the um, Hall of Fame people about what they do. It, it's they'll put me in when they're ready. You right. know, and so and I'm just gonna be patient and like Bill Walsh said, just be patient. and Your time will come, and and that's what I that's what I focus on. But it, it's kind of it's kind of funny because now people are taking shots at at the Hall of Fame because it's like, they're like, what do you guys? why is he waiting so long to put Roger in? You know, <laughs> you know People are saying that, you know, it's like there's like Niner Empire that they have all these different, different you know, uh, groups all over the country. You know, they're really upset that I'm not in. So, you know, hopefully, you know, David ba- Baker will uh, figure out a way to get me in there. You know, they are working with my son. My son has an augmented reality company. That David Baker is working with, uh, you know, uh, Roger, you know, went there uh, a couple of months ago and um, had a great meeting with those guys. And um, so this augmented reality thing is huge. You know, it's like the virtual reality things, but you yeah. know, it, it, yeah. it helps the fans. You know, you know, to, you know, uh, make them smarter about about different things. You know, like with with the Hall of Fame or with the Raiders. He, 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 he's supposed to do something with the Raiders at their new stadium. You know, so yeah, so it'd be kind of cool if the Hall of Fame will, you know, use him and then, and then finally put me in. And say we're using, you know, the reason why he's in is because of his son. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, we're using his platform of, of augmented reality.
0: <laughs> well, I, I can't wait to see you wear a yellow jacket, man. You've um, Oh,
1: well, thanks, man. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, I'm in the Bay Area Hall of Fame, 49 Nine Hall of Fame, Iowa Hall of Fame, Nebraska Hall of Fame. You know, hopefully, you know, Ken will wake up and, 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 and grant me this opportunity to share my story and to thank a lot of people who helped me uh, throughout my life. I had a lot of mentors throughout my life, and um, you know, w- without them, there's no way I'd be here today. You know, uh, in high school, going back to my high school career, there's this guy who used to cut my hair. His name is Joe Macklemore. Joe Macklemore. He used to cut my hair, and he used to always give me advice. You know, and I used to always want to listen because he knew all the great athletes in our area, like including my brother and and guys before him, like. Willie uh, Hester played for the Chicago Bears. Jim Jensen played for um, uh, Dallas and then played for Denver. You know, he was big time running back in my high school. You know, you know all these great athletes. And, and, and he knew some of the bad athletes. And he was saying, don't, go, don't, be, don't do the bad things out there. You know, he's always <laughs> giving me advice. Good. And so, um, you know, so you have people like that that have your back. You know, um, that, that, that's what I love uh, about all this, you know, because, you know, um, w- w- without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. Beautiful. Beautiful.
0: Well, uh, you know, I have two more questions before we wrap up here. And I know this this individual was a huge impact on your life. But what was the biggest takeaway from all the years of working with Bill Walsh? What was the biggest takeaway that you, you got from from Coach Walsh?
1: Oh, man, I just wish Coach Walsh could be here to, to to see what he has created throughout this whole industry of the West Coast offense and how many teams emulated us and won championships with it. You know, uh, Kurt Warner, um, uh, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, you know um, – God, Tom Brady, <laughs> go on and on and on, you know, uh, and 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 how his coaches have has spread all the Forty Nine love throughout the whole league. It's it's pretty amazing. I wish he was here to see see this, you know, um, and 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 seeing what some of the athletes are doing, you know, like Steve Young. Steve Young has a private equity company. It's called HGGC. Google it up. H G G C and I just Googled up. This man is doing some wonderful things, man. Beautiful. He's creating some 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 love and in, in, in all sectors of technology. And you know, um he, it, it's amazing. It, you know, um he did over six billion dollars of selling software companies. Six billion. Wow. You know, integration software companies like the company I work at. You know, Steve Young is make is doing some outstanding things, man. I'm telling you, not. I mean, he's a great commentator, great commentator. You know, uh, he's doing his thing as a sports, you know, uh, caster. But in the corporate environment, he's 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 like he's 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 on a mission, man. He's on a mission to do some some incredible things, and and he's accomplished a lot. He's really accomplished a lot, and I, I have a lot of respect for him. You know, I really have a lot of respect for him. And Joe Montana is the same way. He has a little, you know, private equity company that he started, and, and, and Harris Barton and uh, Bill Ring's doing well and um, uh, Brent Jones. All these guys, man, they're, they're bringing something to the world and, and changing it and making it a better place, and I love it. And Ronnie Locke is one of my favorites. He was one of the first to, to create all-stars helping kids. You know, you know, I, I'll do anything for Ronnie, man. Ronnie is, is, is <laughs> an amazing human. He's an amazing human being, man. And um, uh, he's like my brother too. And 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 it's it, it just it's cool. If Bill Walsh can see what we're doing off the field right now, this is what he. This is his vision when he was a, a coach. When he used to bring those professors from Stanford to talk to us to talk about how important it is to. Keep your, you know, to to, to get your education and, and to, you know, go back to school, get your degrees, and find a good corporate job. All these types of things, Bill Walsh created that. He knew that. He knew we were special, and so that's why we're all successful today. And, and I love it.
0: You know, truly, as as a fan and growing up in the Bay Area and also playing football, and you know, I'm I'm feeling everything that you're you're saying on this. On this interview, but it the passion, it is so special and it is so neat to hear your passion when you talk about, you know, your brothers and Bill Walsh, because we all know how special it was, because we we witnessed it. Oh, yeah. yeah, but to hear it from you and to hear kind of how it left a uh, an imprint on on you and your soul, it's just really special to, to hear your passion
1: about it. Oh, thank you, man. I just. You know, I'm so blessed. You know, um, I, I, the one thing I try to do is pay attention and keep my mouth shut, you know, and, and just <laughs> listen. Keep your mouth shut and just listen. Just, You know, and that's why I was a good listener. And, you know, I I, I listen to when people, you know, talk about certain guys that weren't doing well and and then the ones who are doing well. You know, I mean, it, you, you have to keep your ears open, you know, and, and, uh, and it's important. It's, it's important that you don't, you know, um, step on anyone's toes and, and, you, and be a good guy. You know, it's not, it's not hard to be a, a, a good guy. You know, I'm always, I'm always there for fans. You know, I, when I go to events, you know, I want the fans to experience something that they can take home with their families and with mothers and fathers can share with their kids and their kids can share with their mothers and fathers. You know, you, know, you always want to make a, a, a good impression on, on everyone you meet. And make their day because it's the fans who make you you know so you know <laughs> so uh, I, I um i appreciate their support over the years and how supportive they are at all the events that i that i go to and i host you know it's it's, it's pretty cool beautiful it's a really cool thing
0: awesome awesome well i have one more question and before uh, we wrap up here but who is the greatest of all time? Joe Montana or Tom Brady? <laughs>
1: well, it's different eras, man. It's different eras, so I can't I can't really answer that because Joe dominated, you know, the 80s and Tom is dominating the millennium, you know. So, right. it's different eras, so you can't really compare it, it, uh, you know, uh you know, the, the, those kind of, you know, um, you know eras, you know, it's hard. It's hard to to do that. It's like Jim Brown, who's the best running back, you know, or Emmitt Smith, Jim Brown, you know. <laughs> right, right. So, so it's the same thing, man, you know. But, you know, Tom, you know, he's won five Super Bowls. He's been to seven Super Bowls in, in general and never missed the playoffs. He's really doing some incredible things on the football. Just like this past, last week, I mean, he has – less than two minutes left in the game they're on it on the 20-yard line and he goes down the field 80 yards down and and, and score a touchdown within two minutes <laughs> right so he learned a lot he learned a lot he learned a lot of that from joe montana you know right because he big joe montana fan he loves joe and um and and, and tom just he's an amazing guy you know he's, he's totally proven that he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game He's proven.
0: Absolutely. He's proven it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I, love him. It's, it's, I love him. I love him. Yeah. I love both of them. It's, just, it's really hard to say. Yeah. You're, I you're love
1: right. I <laughs> Yeah, I love them both. But, you know, you know, but Tom is playing the game for the right reason. I love Tom for, for, you know, not so much what he's doing on the football field. I love what he's doing, like, off the football field. You know, here's a guy that didn't take salary – you know, uh, pay. You know, he, he took pay cuts for his team to 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 be better. You know, he's not Tom Brady's not even. In, he's not even in the top five in uh, in payroll.
0: Right.
1: You know, it, it shows you that he he wants his team to be better, and and and, and, and so it's all about you know um, you know pulling his boys together, and and just like with the Warriors, you know, you find a way to to keep everybody together, you know. I mean, there's a lot of salary caps and different things, but they find a way to to make it work. And Tom always found a way to make it work, you know, for for him and and, and his teammates. And he's won five different Super Bowls with different people, you know. (laughs) know, So it shows shows you what kind of guy he is. He's an amazing human being. You know, I had the opportunity to visit with his father. His father's such a great guy too, man. I love him. And I hope his mother, you know, is, is doing okay. I know she had a little cancer and yeah. um wasn't doing well, but um I hope she's 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 getting better. You know, they're a great family, awesome family. Great
0: family, and uh very he's a very selfless i mean, even though he's a huge Absolutely. competitor, but he's selfless and, and I've actually had the opportunity the last couple of years to really um, immerse myself in at Sarah High School, where he played football,
1: yeah.
0: and uh, and I yeah. coached football there the last couple of years, so I, you know, yeah. you you feel the presence of Tom Brady there every time you're Absolutely. on the field.
1: Yeah, and he always, and and he he did he gave he gave back to to Sarah. You know, I mean, he, he did a lot of stuff for Sarah, man. You know, and um, he just that kind of guy. You know, um, he's a humble. And you, you wouldn't expect him to be so humble, you know? You know, here's a guy yeah. that got, you know, just, oh, come on, you got one of the beautifulest wife on the planet right. <laughs> that's, right. worth, that's worth close to $400, $500 million. <laughs> 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 and, and he's still humble, you know, he's just so humble. You just love him, man. He plays the game for the right reasons. And, and, and he's all about team. If I was playing today, I would definitely love to play for him. Yeah. If I was playing today, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and Belichick. Yeah, Belichick is my. I love Belichick, man. <laughs> I love, I love Jim Harbaugh as well. <laughs> Big time. You know, Jim Jim Harbaugh is no joke either, man. I love him.
0: I, I, I could see myself from a style yeah. perspective. I think Jim Harbaugh would be my coach. You
1: know. Oh, Jim Harbaugh is the real deal, man. Yeah. He there's is. an article. There's an article about Jim Harbaugh. I want you to Google it up, man. It's called. It's called a bunch of crap. It's in the. It's, it's, <laughs> it's in the um, San Jose Mercury. Google that up and check it out. And, right. and, and you can call me later about it. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was a little, little tipped, pissed off, you know, but, you know, uh, how they were treating them. And I, I called my friend, and and I have good friends in the, in the media world, you know, Dan Brown. He wrote three of my books, you know, Sideline Tales by a 49er. And, and he said, sure, I'll be happy to write it, you know. <laughs> Just read it, man. Just read it. I'll do it. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. It's a bunch of crap. Just That's the way it is. It, it's a bunch of crap. It's easy to remember. Easy exactly. to remember. Exactly. Well, I just wrote it down. So much. I'm going to check it's it out. San Jose
0: <laughs> Before we wrap up here, I want to I always promote a book. And this book, when I read it, it, it left a not only a, um, a mark on me in a positive way, but it, you, you got a chance to really see and get in the mind of Bill Walsh. And it's Bill Walsh's book. It's called The Score Takes Care of Itself My Philosophy of Leadership. Yeah. And, um, this is just such a great read and it talks so much about your dynasty and what you guys were all about and how we led you to the promised land. So it was, it's a beautiful book.
1: Yeah, I bet it is, man. And, you know, Bill Walsh, one of his books that he wrote, um, I used uh, these five keys to success. I got it from him, you know, you know, train and prepare, succeed through teamwork, meet competitors head on, overcome adversity and focus on the future those are the five things that he focused on as a, as a coach. And, and I use that in my way of thinking of it may, how it made me a better athlete and a better, better teammate as well. You know, cause you know, those train and prepare, you got to train, you know, prepare yourself for the season. Like I did, you know, and you, and you got me, you have to meet competitors head on, you know, you, You have to overcome adversity, all those type of things, you know, focus on the future, you know, all those that come together, you know, and once you understand that, you're going to have success. You're going to, you're definitely going to know who you are as an individual. Right.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And I just want to thank you so much for your time. This has been this has been a highlight for having this show and having, I've had some really <laughs> awesome guests, but man, when, when I get to, have a, a world champion on my show and also talk about football, man, that's a, that's a win-win for me right there. And I, and I, I really <laughs> appreciate you. it.
1: Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on your show, man. I really appreciate it. You know, that I can share some of these stories and people can get a better outlook on who I am and what kind of person I am and what I've been through and what I'm going through now. I'm still having fun and, uh, still making impacts in in a corporate environment, and um, hopefully the Hall of Fame people will hear this article, hear this story about me. Oh <laughs> yeah, you know uh, you might you might have to call David Be- Baker and 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 let him listen to this. <laughs> I'll make sure. I'll make sure. Now, if, if people right. want
0: to see you, if people want to follow you on social media, wh- where can they follow you?
1: Um, well, a I, I high stepper, you know, uh, thirty three. You know, I mean, if, if they go to my go to my website, you can go to you know www.rogercraig33.com. Mm-hmm. You know, and go to my website. it got everything on there. Oh, okay, you know? perfect. So www.rogercraig33.com. I got a little bit of everything on there, man. So it's it's kind of cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah.
0: You know. well, all right, Roger, man. Thank you again. I know my That's listeners right. are excited for this. I'm excited and
1: uh, and good luck to you moving forward. Oh, thank you so much, man. Uh, hopefully I'll get in can, you know, uh, I'm not going to get old. So I don't know what they're waiting on. They wait for me to get old. I'm not going to get old. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, as I get younger, I get wiser. There you, you go. Know, so. <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not getting old, man. So uh, <laughs> I've run. I run over forty-two marathons. You know, I'll be fifty-eight years old, and trust me, I do not look like I'm fifty-eight. You don't. You don't. <laughs> stop man. being arrogant or anything like that. But I, I, I never stop training. Walter Payton said, "Never lose your endurance," and I haven't lost my endurance. I've been running ever since. I, I've been running ever since I retired from ball. You know, so wow. So, um, um, it would be it'll be cool <laughs> if they get me in there right away, though. I mean, it's time. It's, it, it's, it's really time. It
0: is time, and I think right now the only two people that could probably go back and play and put the pads on are probably you and Herschel Walker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Oh, they. You know, I played some flag football, and they and people did not like me because I was scoring too many touchdowns. <laughs> you know, we, we played we played flag football in Denver, the new stadium. I scored three touchdowns. Uh, we played, uh, when we set by to candlestick, I, I scored a couple of touchdowns and, <laughs> you know, candlestick, right. you know, I was like one man show, you know, <laughs> when Joe was throwing me the ball and everything, man, it
0: was cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Roger, thanks again, man. It was, this was a, my pleasure. was a treat,
1: man. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time and letting me share my stories and, and all the things I've accomplished, you know, throughout my career and, you know, just relive it a little bit, you know, and just remind people, you know, you know, that this is a special time, you know, when, you know, throughout the eighties, you know, the 49ers, we had a special thing going on, you know, and, and I, I see a lot of the Warriors, you know, with that same mentality, the Warriors are an amazing organization, Steve Kerr, Joe Lacob, man, he just, Joe Lacob reminds me of Eddie Barlow, what he does, you know, for the community, for his team. And Steve Kerr reminds me of Bill Walsh. You know, how he built cultures and and I accept people to come to his team and like Kevin Durant and, and do his thing. And, and Andre Iguodala, same thing, you know. These guys come from other other teams and, and blend right in. And and, and their, their, their piece of that puzzle made the Warriors' picture look beautiful, look mm. beautiful, you know. So I, I love it. So <laughs> I, I'm a Warrior fan and, and, you know, and I'm a Bay Area fan. You know, I love them all, man. Giants, you know, Raiders, 49ers, you know, A's, San Jose Sharks, you know, <laughs> which I think need to get more recognition for what they have accomplished over the years. San Jose Sharks are an amazing organization. They, they've been in the playoffs so many years and went to championship a few times and, but, you know, you know, they, they've done some really cool stuff and uh, I, I don't think they get the, the recognition they, they, they deserve, you know. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm throwing it out there right now. So. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> agree. A lot more recognition than what you're getting because you guys have a great organization.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with you <laughs> <laughs> 100 percent. Well, you know, again, awesome. Roger, thank you. Oh, my pleasure, man. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I can't wait to see you uh, put on that yellow jacket.
1: Okay, buddy. Thank you, man. You got to be in the front row, man. You got to come. You got to come.
0: I will be there. (laughs) Front row. Front row. You betcha. You bet. (laughs) Okay. All right, brother. Take Um... care.